This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. And welcome back to Hour 2 of the Sunday Morning Show. Still ahead this hour, we're going to find out about PTSD. What exactly is it? Who's most likely to get it? And also, if you've got a student loan, we've got some news for you as well. But before we do anything else, why, why, you know, we're talking about bears. Sort of a nature show today. Have you ever encountered a snake? I believe I have uh, actually in the water multiple times. You were in the water with a snake? Yeah, and just like a, your normal kind of normal garden snake. But they, they swim sometimes. There's water snakes. I've been in a couple ponds with snakes. Okay, uh, we got Charlie and, Sna- and he, Sam here. Charlie? Yeah, so I remember at our old lake house in Indiana, I saw a snake slither in the water, and my parents were like lounging in their things. I didn't say anything because it probably wasn't going to attack them, but it was just like... Mm. Because my mom does not like snakes. Oh, no, no. And, and what about you, Sam? Any any snake experiences? Horrified of them. Not a fan. Um, I just remember my neighbor killing a garden snake with a shovel. That's the only thing I've ever encountered. Well, that's kind of traumatic. That'll give you PTSD. There we go. But but the only time I really, really had an encounter with a snake, I was my son was like in preschool, and I was one of the, the room moms who went out. And they said, oh, just take, you know, like five or six kids down this little path and, you know, show them the woods. And so I'm walking along, walking along, and all of a sudden, my foot goes down, and it something moved beneath it, and there was a snake under my foot. I screamed, five kids screamed, and we all came running out of the woods, like, well, pretty fast. Anyway... That's my major encounter with a snake, and that was plenty for me. But you know what? A lot of people are headed outside right now. You know, they get, they're going to go camping. They're going to go hiking. You're going up north like Brian Nisnansky was talking about just to hang out. So there is a chance you may run into a snake. And joining us is Josh Kopfer. He's a wildlife biologist and professor at UW-Whitewater, and he's just co-written a book, Amphibians and Reptiles of Wisconsin. And Josh, should you be concerned? Well, you know, <laughs> as far as snakes are concerned, and what, well, how, how likely is it that we might run into a snake here in Wisconsin? We have 23 species of snakes in the state, and some of them are very common. The common garter snake, for example, is something that you can find even in suburban and urban areas that have substantial green space. So some of them can be quite common. Others are particularly rare. We have several endangered snake species in the state that are habitat specialists, and those types of snakes are very uncommon. Are snakes everywhere? So snakes can be found in most locations where there is undisturbed habitat. And that's really the key qualifier here is undisturbed habitat. And, and, you know, all species have experienced declines globally because of habitat loss and degradation. Snakes are no different. And so in areas where habitat is intact, snakes can be found in those locations quite ubiquitously. Now, sometimes they can withstand disturbed habitats, and you'll find them in suburban areas maybe that have lots of city parks or green spaces. There are some species that tolerate that. Are snakes good for the ecosystem? Snakes are very important predators within ecosystems, and they're also very important prey within ecosystems. So um, snakes, we can imagine, are constrictor species uh, like the gopher snake and the fox snake um, being very important rodent predators, for example. Uh, the rattlesnakes, we have two rattlesnake species uh, in the state. Uh, one of those, the timber rattlesnake, is also a very important rodent predator in the habitats that exists. Uh, and, you know, we have many, many small species of snakes that, as an adult, reach, you know, 10 to 12 inches, maybe, 
uh, and those are very important prey sources for various mammals and birds. So, yeah, they play a very important role ecologically. You mentioned the timber rattlesnake, um, and I, I guess that is one of the venomous snakes here in the state. But what's the other one? The other one is called the Massasauga, and that is a, a, a Chippewa word or a word from the Chippewa language that means great river mouth. Where do you find these? Not that uh, I want so to. Not that I want to find them, Josh. But <laughs> if, if I weren't looking, where might they be? Well, they both have very restricted ranges in Wisconsin. And so the timber rattlesnake, for example, is primarily found along locations along the Mississippi and Wisconsin River Valleys. And even there, it's not just like you get into the river valley and they're suddenly everywhere. Even there, they're, they're uncommon. They're usually restricted to bluff habitats and real rugged landscapes. They're listed as a special concern species in Wisconsin, and so they're, they're, they're not very common. And so even there, in those locations, you wouldn't find them. So they're, they're not in southeastern Wisconsin outside of the Milwaukee County Zoo. The Massasauga is even more rare than the timber rattlesnake, whereas the timber rattlesnake is often considered a, a bluff prairie kind of species or a woodland species even in bluffs. The Massasauga is kind of a lowland or a swamp wetland kind of rattlesnake. And that species is so incredibly rare that used to be, you know, 100 years ago, it was incredibly common throughout the wetlands of southeastern and southern Wisconsin. Now it's found in only a handful of locations around the state. Very, very uncommon. Are there any snakes that look like one of these venomous ones and, and are commonly mistaken? So we have the, the several constrictor species that will sometimes take on behaviors that or engage in behaviors, I should say, that confuse people. So the, the fox snake that I mentioned, for example, has a tendency to sort of vibrate its tail very rapidly when it's threatened. And for somebody who's not familiar with a rattlesnake and how a rattlesnake sounds, just the simple action of seeing that vibrating tail automatically brings up the sort of vision of a rattlesnake. But it, it's not a rattlesnake. And in fact, if you've ever heard a rattlesnake rattle, it's hard to mistake those two, right? But for people who've never had the opportunity to hear that, it's easy to mistake them. And also the, the, the fox snake has kind of a grayish color overlaid with kind of brownish blotches, and that is reminiscent of the Massasauga a little bit. So the, there are several snake species in the state that actually do that tail vibration, and that oftentimes confuses people. What should you do if you happen upon a snake? Well, generally speaking, uh, snakes are really not interested in interacting with people. And so most of the time, in fact, I shouldn't say generally speaking, snakes are not interested at all in interacting with people. Most of the time, if you just stand still or back away, they go on about their business or they'll just sit coiled up where they are and, and, and not have any interest in interacting with you. So for the most part, you can just leave them be, maybe watch them from a distance and enjoy the fact that you get to see this rather secretive type of species in Wisconsin. And people like myself spend hours and hours trying to find snakes. And if you just happen across one, consider yourself very lucky. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? You're lucky if you encounter a snake. All right, that, that intrigues me right there. So uh, should you be concerned if you're bitten by a snake? Well, Josh is going to be back with us in about seven minutes with the answer to that question. You know, he's talking about that fox snake. I, I was driving into the neighborhood this couple of years ago, and there's a car stopped, and a woman just standing in front of her car. So I couldn't get around, and I thought maybe something had happened. So I got out to ask her if everything was okay, and there was this snake, big, big snake, 
and its tail was up in the air and it was like looking like it rattled. And she kept saying, I think I see a rattlesnake. And I said, I think you see a rattlesnake too. But but it wasn't a rattlesnake. It was obviously one of those fox snakes. But boy, can they fool you. All right, it's 916. Coming up in just a couple minutes, we have Dominic Catronio in sports. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Whoa! That's that's snakes. A lot of people are fascinated by them. No question about that. And uh, let's go back to our conversation with Josh Kopfer from UW-Whitewater about his book, Amphibians and Reptiles of Wisconsin. Josh, what's the most unique snake snake you've ever encountered in the state? We have a couple of rare species in the state, which are always a, a treat when, when I get the opportunity to interact with them. I really, really like both of our rattlesnake species, so it's always a treat when I get to see one of those. <laughs> I, I um, love how you say you really, really like the rattlesnakes. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're my favorite. I mean, they're not necessarily my favorite, but they're close. They're such interesting snakes, um, really fascinating. And so I, when I get the opportunity, I, generally speaking, uh, have permission with the Wisconsin DNR to interact with those snakes in the wild for specific purposes. And so when I get the opportunity to do so, it's really a treat. How do you, how do you interact with them? A number of years ago, I was involved in a study on something called snake fungal disease, which affects timber rattlesnakes. And so I was working with the DNR and other researchers, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. We were trying to collect samples from timber rattlesnakes and massasaugas that might have been carrying this snake fungal disease. So that was for a specific research purpose. We had a specific reason to do so. Um, Otherwise, I would not be handling rattlesnakes because it comes with a risk. And that's really the best way to get bitten is by trying to pick a rattlesnake snake up. Um, I have special gear to do that with and, and had special permission to do so. What should you do if you're bitten by a snake? Any snake? If you're bitten by a non-venomous species, then it's not an issue. More than anything, people are afraid if they are bitten by a rattlesnake and that makes them I'm sorry, people uh, are afraid when they're bitten by a snake. It's shocking, right? Um, and so they, they have a tendency to freak out a little bit. Um, but the the, the you know, a regular snake basically just causes superficial damage. Um, if that, there are many species of little snakes that can, can't even break the skin, right? Like our brown snakes, the red-bellied snake, little garter snakes. So it's not anything to be concerned about if it's a non-venomous species. If it's a venomous species, then um, basically the, 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 the best order of business is to get to a medical facility as quickly as you can. And, you know, usually they say if you're bitten, to take off items of clothing or jewelry that might restrict, um, cause a restriction if swelling occurs. So rings, watches, um, you know, maybe belts, things like that, that could cause damage if swelling occurs. But in our book that, that you had referenced, Dr. Daniel Keeler wrote a chapter on venomous snakes and snake bite in Wisconsin. And in that, he states that it's pretty uncommon that anybody is or can't get to a medical facility within an hour, right? That people don't live within an hour of a medical facility. And inside of an hour, and probably even a little over an hour, it's not, unless there are very unusual circumstances, you are not going to die from a rattlesnake bite. The rattlesnakes here in Wisconsin have, relatively speaking, benign bites compared to things like cobras. Now, there are always extenuating circumstances, but 
getting to a medical facility quickly after you've taken off these restricting, potentially restricting items is paramount because they make antivenoms to treat rattlesnake bites. Josh, I I don't think it's an herbal legend because it certainly occurs in places like Florida. And maybe you can tell us if it's ever happened here in Wisconsin. But can snakes actually get into plumbing and and can you really find them in your toilet? Yeah, so I think in those instances, it's hard to know exactly what was going on in the instances reported like in Florida. If that actually was in the plumbing or if it crawled into the toilet because it was in the bathroom or whatever. But that, that is such a rare occurrence that people do not need to be fearful of something like that. I mean, you are much more likely to get struck by a car crossing the street, right, um, than you are to see a snake in your toilet. Now, I'm not saying it'll never happen ever because strange things happen all the time. But we have to remember that the two rattlesnakes in Wisconsin in particular are incredibly rare. Snakes in general are incredibly rare, uh, or I'm sorry, snakes in general are secretive, so we don't see them that frequently. The times where I have heard stories in Wisconsin of people who interact or come across snakes often in their home are situations where they happen to have uh, a house that was, or have a, a house that happened to have been built on top of a rattlesnake, I'm sorry, a snake hibernacula of some type. And then sometimes those snakes in the fall move in, try to get into this sort of underground spaces below their house and accidentally find their way up into the main part of the house. But it's, it's very uncommon for things like that to happen. It's usually unique circumstances. As long as it's not my house, I'm okay with it, Josh. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating book. It's called Amphibians and Reptiles of Wisconsin. You've got tons of really beautiful, colorful photos, which I can imagine a lot of little kids would love looking at. And uh, I, I, again, it's out there and it's available at anywhere books are sold. Yep, absolutely. Um, You can get it from UW Press's website, you can get it from Amazon, you can get it from your local bookstore, and get it from your library. I mean, I I just want people to know it exists and the information is out there. You know, I don't need to hawk books at people, but just so you know it's available um, from your library or, or wherever you get books. Josh Koffer, thank you so much for talking with us and telling us everything we ever wanted to know about snakes and maybe a few things we didn't. (laughs) Well, there's always more to learn, so (laughs) feel free to contact me again. We will. Thank you, Josh. You're welcome. Can you imagine 1,200 pages just about snakes in Wisconsin? Well, I think he includes other amphibians, too, like turtles. and I like turtles and frogs and toads. Those are okay. But snakes... Not so much. 929, it's going to be one of those days where it's not, well, it's not really going to be that that warm. It's only going to be about 62 for a high. We're still at 52 at WTMJ at 929.